0: Max, welcome back to another Film Flashbacks episode. Uh, it's been a while. Um, how are we doing?
1: Very well, mate. Yourself?
0: Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, yeah, as I said, it's, it's been a while since we've done um, one of these episodes, um, but I thought, yeah, it's about time we do another one. So today we're going to talk about the year of 1990, uh, the good and the bad and the ugly of that year. <laughs> Um, but before before we do that, uh, we've obviously spoken offline and we haven't actually done our uh, homework to watch each other's <laughs> recommendations. So I thought we'd just talk like, briefly about what we've been watching recently.
1: Yeah, I think we'll both agree. The reason that we haven't done a flashback episode in so long is because normal life has resumed. And unfortunately, in within the social boundaries of everything going on and making the most of... Outside life, not inside lockdown. We haven't had the chance to actually do any kind of flashback episodes. But um, in the same breath, not been able to watch any recommendations either because there's just been so much else to do and that. But uh, but there Definitely. we go. But um, but regards to what I've been watching recently, I haven't watched a great deal of films recently. I have sort of, as I said been kind of not to, you know, not to brag or anything been too busy to do so but I have started trying to re-watch uh, some tv series and actually start new tv series as well um, and I have actually started watching American Horror Story. Yes I um, saw this. Which I'm just on the first series of now and as you know not really a horror guy always you know bit of a bit of a wutz when it comes to uh, to <laughs> horror but I have always wanted to get more into them and this is a nice kind of um, bit of a medium because it is is a, you know pretty decent story and obviously i understand that each season has a different story although there are the same cast or or some returning cast members as well That's so it. i'm quite looking forward to that um, but so far i'm enjoying it so the first season is about the haunted house and the family that moves into it in la and there's obviously a lot of dark history behind it and all but um it's you know it's quite it's quite macabre it's quite tongue in cheek it's quite um quite dark and also it's got it's quite you know horror and gory bits as well so it's a good mix of everything but yeah. um yeah I'm thoroughly enjoying that at the moment it's a good kind of thing to to watch and chain through and um, it's not yeah, too serious kind of, either
0: it's it is no. like you said very tongue in cheek um it knows what it is and kind of messes about with some of the tropes the horror tropes there are yeah um, and
1: it's and it's one of those things where it's got so much going on but in a good way because it makes you want to watch to, to understand what the hell is going on, basically. So, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm probably enjoying that so far.
0: Nice. Well, I've just come back from seeing the film of the year, um, took my daughter to see Paul Patrol the movie. <laughs> I love
1: it I love the fact that you're using ch- your child to go and see films that you actually want to go and see. Exactly,
0: exactly. Um
1: she's going, Dad, Dad, I don't want to see this. You're like, shut up. Yeah,
0: you all you will like this film. Um yeah, it was an experience. Uh, she did quite well actually, to be fair. I managed to sit through it, shouting everyone's name along with me. Um <laughs> so always good
1: are you gonna start doing that in films like in general now just be like
0: like ben affleck (laughs) oh
1: matt damon oh robert de niro (laughs) but only
0: when their credit comes on the screen (laughs) not when they come on the screen just just
1: reading the title sequences as they come up
0: (laughs) um but yeah mostly um well now cinemas are absolutely rattling films out again which is is great yeah. Um, this month already is. We've, I've managed to go quite a few times. Um, I know we obviously saw uh, Stillwater yes. recently, the recent Matt Damon film, which I think, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I
1: enjoyed. I, I did. I did enjoy it. However, I think we both had the same feeling, which was it was a great story, good cast. It was about an hour t- too long than it should have been. There, there was a yeah. lot. For what it because it all it's one of those films where it started off like okay it wasn't really sure what was going on and then it was like okay here's the situation Ah, oh, okay this, it's all kicking off and then for like an hour and a half nothing happens yeah. it's all just filler and then yeah. it all seems to just kick off within the last 20 25 minutes and it's like okay cool why the fuck did we have an hour and a half of like it's and, and like, also cap- Matt
0: Damon isn't really that likable I don't think bit of an I, idiot I, I,
1: I feel like the th- the thing is I feel like in that role anybody could have played that. Yeah. It didn't have to be Matt Damon. Um but I I think it's kind of misleads the audience a little bit because I think from the trailers and it being Matt Damon and the kind of film that he's done before I feel like they kind of made it sound like it was going to be like this guy's going to break his daughter out of prison or he's going to do yeah. he's going to take he's going to take the law into his own hands which to a d- very degree he does but not like you know, not like it's not like
0: karate chops and jumping yeah, off buildings it's, and it's,
1: stuff. It's going through litigation and, uh, you know, private investigators as opposed to turning into Jason Bourne and snapping people's arms one person at a time kind of thing. So exactly. I I think it was just, you know, a, a face and a name sort of thing. But, but you know, having, having, you know, close connections to people from the Midwest and Oklahoma, I can kind of see that people you know i've I've, you know i know those people um but like i said i I feel like that could have been played by anyone but it just it was a good story it was a great cast like i said it just felt like there was an hour and a half of character development the characters we didn't need to see any kind of development in
0: exactly or or, care for me i just didn't care because it was dragging out i just lost interest very very quickly so yeah nice okay um let's get into Uh, 1990 films then so go on you're gonna say something
1: yeah i just want to roll back just really quickly if i ever get put in prison for murder i really want it to be in a prison in france um it was like oh
0: you've you've committed murder do you want like three months in prison yeah
1: you've committed murder um you get sentenced nine years don't worry you get a you know day a month you get to have a wander around outside you're a convicted murderer um but you get a day out to do whatever you want as long as you're with a guardian uh um, yeah. also also don't worry about prison clothes wear what you fancy you know yeah whatever makes you, whatever you're comfortable with if you've got any casual stuff you know it's always a casual day here if you want to wear something formal you do what you want you wear yeah. what you want
0: and also if your guardian is your, your father who's been trying to get you out for the last five years that's a, that's a good person to, yeah yeah to spend the day with isn't it yeah
1: exactly nice I fuck me, if I ever get put in prison, please let it be in France, but there you go. Like And there's massive, massive, well, I say massive, like, private meeting rooms you can have for people as well when you visit them. I thought, fucking hell, like, yeah. a bit hands-on on that, but there you go.
0: Exactly, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, worst films of 1990. So, I think first thing to say, it's probably one of the least, well, the, one of the years where I've seen the least amount of films released oh, in that year.
1: I'm so glad you said that. I have, uh, I've watched twelve films from the, from the yeah, and I was and I was like, I googled a couple of lists as well just to make sure I didn't like miss something. It was like, nope, it's twelve. Like, cool, okay. So 12
0: I've twelve I've got twenty-seven, which <laughs> okay. is still um, well, really, well, still one of the lower ones. Either this or no, I think it is actually the lowest one of the years I've had a look at. Um, so yours is going to be a, a bit of a stretch then like good and bad um what have you got down as your sort of least favorites of the year
1: so i've out of the 12 i've only got two that kind of stood out for me as not necessarily the worst but ones that i wouldn't um i put on the bottom rung if you will mm. and to be fair i can see our list being very similar in these aspects but for worse the, the first one i put was godfather part three
0: yes interesting
1: um it's just such a different um obviously it's set in a different time it is it is set in the 90s and it is that kind of um it is that it's, it's the godfather of the 90s but it just doesn't translate as well you haven't got that kind of um i don't know stylistic old school gangsters you know that you have in the in the first two films and it's it just loses its way a bit and i kind of think it's one of those things where you just like yeah, this is literally one of the most unnecessary three calls ever of a of a franchise. Like you, you know, you really had you had gold and you know lightning in a bottle with one and two. This is this is a name and a cast and that's it. Like you. have you've not got any of the essence from the the, the previous ones at all. So yeah, a bit of a disappointment. I I am interested to still see the redux because that's gotten quite a lot of good reviews.
0: Yeah, is it something like Godfather Coda or Godfather 3 Coda? Um, I don't actually know what that means in the sense of the film. Is it a recut or is it extended? I don't know. But um, yeah, I've been kind of holding off um, that because I kind of want to watch the whole trilogy again. And you watch that, Instead of the, the the third film I've got yeah. on DVD, so
1: and the thing is, I it's been I've seen one and two so so many times that I think that watching the coda one would probably you know be even more interested because I literally have like wiped number three from my memory. It's yeah. be good to kind of see coda um, without you know the kind of pre. Context of how bad it was in the first instance, yeah, but, definitely, uh, but something to look forward to or something to do at some point. Um, the other one is Rocky Five, and I think Rocky Five is, is an e- it's an easy target, but it's deservedly so. Again, coming off the heels of Number Four, which has just you know we've talked off before just about how like
0: it's the best one,
1: just the score alone for Number Four, the, you know the Vinicola score that they have in that, and you know you have got training montage and. You know some of the some of the you know some of the soundtrack on that is just ridiculous. And then you come off the heels of number four, and you have got number five where it's like it's all downhill for him. He loses his you know his money because of Paulie, and he ends up back in the you know back in the slums, and he's got Tommy Gunn who betrays him, and they have a street fight at the end, (laughs) and he he can't get signed off because of his injuries, and it's like okay.
0: If I remember, isn't there like a Don King wannabe, like a a parody version of Don King?
1: Don't touch me i sue you, like it's like it's just, yeah, and then he gets hit, shock and then what you probably don't know is off screen is you probably got sued, and lost all your money, but there you go <laughs> but, um, but yeah, again really unnecessary, I think they were just, you know, turn it into a cash cow at that point and it was one of those things where, like I said coming off the heels of number four, you could have just ended it there and just had that epic you know, finish for number four and that would have been it, but, um, yeah, but there definitely. you go, Rocky 5 exists.
0: Yes, it's, it's the worst one, for sure um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's one of my Rocky Five. Um, the other one, I've only got one really. I wouldn't say the others are bad; they're just not great. <laughs> um, the other one I've got is Predator Two. <laughs> okay, um, which is where Predator goes into a New York or somewhere. It's got Danny Glover in it. Um uh i'm just gonna have a look i think oh it's los angeles um and it's just it just shouldn't have been done really um the the first is so good uh with arnie and in the jungle and all that stuff they've kind of changed that to a concrete jungle in la and um i I mean i don't really remember it there's there there is one scene where he kind of gets more weapons to use um and that's about as cool as it gets but other than that it's pretty forgettable um yeah
1: there is a looking at my list there is a lot of sequels and frequels in this year in this in this particular year
0: Mm. yeah the other one I I was going to put in because I don't remember it is Back to the Future 3 yeah Um, that's
1: in that's uh, that's in my where do I put that I put that in my honorable mentions just because I like the the Back to the Future films but I wouldn't
0: put that
1: as whereas you know one of the out of the three and that but um yeah it's in my okay
0: category basically i don't really remember it that well but yeah Yeah. cool okay right let's get on to the good stuff then so i my list changed a lot actually because there's the flip side to that is there's quite a lot of good films i thought um so my top five changed a lot i've actually watched a few in prep for this um, okay. because i wasn't sure especially on the ones that were on the cusp of it just to see where i actually stood with it um so yes yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag really um i'll jump in and go first then so my first film is called here's where i get my pretentious glasses on uh la, go, Fem- yeah. <laughs> la femme nikita have okay. you seen this film?
1: No, I, I know of it, though.
0: It's brilliant. Um, it's um, Luke Besson, who's probably best known for Leon. Leon, Leon. Um, and basically, the, the basic plot is um, a beautiful felon is sentenced to life in prison for the murder of a policeman, but is given a second chance as a secret political assassin controlled by the government. So it's kind of, a lot of this is kind of similar to Leon as well, um, but it's just a really good plot and it's quite an early film for Luke Besson as well. So it kind of adds on to it for his, for his um, later films as well. But I think it's kind of a forgotten film. I think Luke, Luke Besson hasn't done that many films or that many great films. I mean, just looking at his list now, like the other ones, you've got like Leon, you've got uh, Fifth Element. Uh, but then you've also got films like the family <laughs> with robert de niro uh, which isn't that great
1: with michelle Pfeiffer as well
0: yeah and then you've got valerian yeah. as well we went and tried to do another sci-fi one which wasn't as good but this is a kind of brings it all back as a more stripped back kind of thriller mystery uh, film which is really good really good central performance as well and really underrated uh, i remember I picked this up on blu-ray purely because of the director because i love leon so much um i say leon because of say at leon but it's probably leon um, <laughs> it's leon <laughs> it is leon. <laughs> leon um but yeah Get your that's, workout off, mate. yeah i know jesus christ but um yeah that was my number five uh what have you got down as your number five
1: nice so my number five is arachnophobia
0: oh i've not seen this one
1: have you not okay so this is like um again this is kind of on the acceptable level of the kind of horror films that i would watch but it is a again it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek black comedy of a horror film as well um so basically uh jeff daniels this is pre dumb and dumber jeff daniels as well um it's he's he's a he's a doctor who moves out of the city into a small town in america who basically get overrun by a plague of um deadly spiders that ultimately breed and take over this small town and one by one they kill it's killing off the inhabitants and they believe that it's him that's doing it because they nickname him dr death because it seems that everybody he treats gets bitten by the spiders and it'll just you know that a small town rumor mill starts off yeah. that, um you know he's, he's trying to tell people that actually it's you know spider bites but no they're believing this ancient doctor that's been there for years saying that it's you know it's heart attacks and heart attacks and it's a case of well okay you know trying to trying to dismay, dismay that he's not this big city doctor who's just coming to kill everyone and ruin their lives he is actually there to uh to obviously help and all but um but it's on that cusp of like like i said it is it is quite terrifying and i'm sure if you are if you are a genuine arachnophobe and you have a fear of spiders that i can imagine it is absolutely terrifying um but it's it's like i said it's, it's quite tongue-in-cheek and it is, you know it is, it is a pretty decent um horror film for what it is it's one of those it's one of those classic things where it's like um it's got this really stuck up british um God, like uh, I don't know what you call it, like explorer basically, someone who you know who, the 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 person who um, studies the spiders and discovers the species right. of the spiders. Proper stuck up British man. He's he's the one that they end up trying to have to you know convince to to come to this small town and um, you know look at the bodies and look at the you know look at the 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 crime scenes and all this kind of stuff. And it's all it's kind of that like. That cavalcade of like the uh, like late '80s, early '90s, like horror films where everybody's got like this kooky gimmick, and you've got right, yeah, John Goodman as well where it's this like exterminator who's like the, He's like the the over-the-top gimmicky exterminator, where he's just like this sort of hill, you know bit of a hick who's got all the gadgets, all like the um you know all the all the know-how and all the knowledge of how to kill bugs and spiders and stuff like that. And it's you know you've got these again late 80s early 90s prosthetics and the spiders and all this you know all the props and stuff that they use which is quite funny and nice. um you know the way the way in which they defeat the spiders is quite again I, won't, I don't want to spoil anything but it is quite funny how they do it but um but yeah i know, i know people who are genuinely terrified of spiders and this is actually <laughs> ter- terrifying for them um, in
0: 3d is it in
1: 3d (laughs) and you know there is and to be fair there is a you know there is a couple of bits in it which is horrible because it is you know they use real life spiders on the sets and stuff like that and when they when they over you know take over the houses and stuff it is quite horrible to look at but it's one of those like i said it's one of those kind of um not bad but just like like i said tongue-in-cheek late 80s Mm, early 90s horror film where it's 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 fun it's fun yeah it's fun it's not the you know the gory porno stuff that you see these days that, you know, has to be ridiculously over the top and stuff like that to to get any kind of reaction and stuff where it is genuine, like playing on your most basic of fears and, you know, exploiting that kind of thing. But um but yeah, that is my that is my number five.
0: Nice. Okay. Um right, my number four is gonna be brief because we've I've already talked about this film at length. With you actually um, My number four is Tim Burton's Edward Scissorhands <laughs> So uh, yeah, This was Obviously part of our Tim Burton marathon we did Way way back when um, And it was a, obviously part of a rewatch Of that as well I really enjoyed it a lot more second time round uh, Great story Really sentimental story Great uh, central performance With uh, Johnny Depp and I, I kind of forget that it's quite an early film for Tim Burton. He'd only done Beauty Juice and Batman by this point. Mm. And probably, it, well, it would have been a, such a big passion project, the amount of money you would have got from the success of Batman to kind of go away and do a more quirky Tim Burton-esque storyline, which obviously paid off um, because he's obviously gone on to do more and more of those sorts of films um, that we now associate Burton with. So, yeah, really good Um this was always going to be in the top five, especially on that second rewatch, just a really good sort of modern, well, modern for the time fairy tale um, that I think most people probably get put off by the name and the, the poster of having actual scissors for hands, but if you actually watch it. The story is quite a sweet story and quite a, quite a good themes behind it, really. So um, yeah, I guess there's not much else to say. I probably said it a lot more about <laughs> it on the Tim Burton episode, but yeah, number four, Edward Scissorhands. Um, so so that on. is
1: actually my, that's actually my number three.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Throw yeah. it throw it to you then. Your thoughts.
1: So yeah, you know, like you said, you know, we've talked at length about this before, but it is it's one of those films where I think a lot of people it takes them by surprise. It certainly did with me the first time I ever saw it because I think you know again in the material, you know, the trailers, the posts, and stuff like that. I think it's supposed to be you know you get this image that he is. Not so much a villain, but he is, you know, maybe the the monster or the thing that's terrorizing people. Um, we talked about this in the you know the rewatch episode that actually he's the actual <laughs> he's the most down to earth. Yeah. Thing in you know in the film, and it's everybody else is a monster, unfortunately, because everybody around him either wants to exploit him or you know you know. Um. Just absolutely persecute him for for who he is stuff like that and it is a case that he you know he is in his own world you know it obviously lives in the the big house that he lived with his dad who built him and you know sadly his dad passed away and it is a case that he's left on his own his own devices for however many years and he's brought into society and it's society that rejects him but he was yeah more than happy to just live out of his days you know in this castle by himself and it, as i said you know when once he's brought into the you know into the real world unfortunately it's all the monsters that um, that exist in in people's attitudes and uh, the way they are um, yeah so yeah it's, it's, it's kind of, sort of like
0: a, a more up-to-date version of frankenstein to a degree yeah. absolutely um, how they're just like instead of pitch i think there even has pe- these people with pitchforks almost chasing them towards the end oh, yeah. isn't there back to the Pretty castle well. so it's very reminiscent of that story
1: but but it's, it's, he's a monster, but only because people created him as a monster. Yeah, yeah Only exactly. b- because people, people portrayed him as a monster. But, um, but yeah, uh, it is a, it is a bittersweet story. And again, absolutely amazing score by um, Danny Elfman, who obviously done, you know, quite a lot of Bat- uh, Tim Burton's films, including the Batman score as well. See so a lot of memorable, um, you know, mm. songs from that. And it's, it's, it's funny. It's always wondering, I always wonder which Christmas advert is going to use the, the uh, Edward Scissorhands theme in each year. And
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is a beautiful soundtrack as well. Actually,
1: it, it is, and it it's such a it is such a whimsical Christmassy theme, you know, and uh, score. And Then you forget that it's a you know it's for a film about a man who's got <laughs> scissor hands. But there you go. But um, yes. well, yeah, stranger stranger things. But, uh, but there you go. But uh, but yeah, but yeah, that is my my number three um, for this this top top
0: five. Nice. Well I'll throw it back to you then for your number four and then we'll kind of figure the rest out as we go along now because we're jumping around so what's your number four?
1: So my number four, we kind of talked in length a little bit about this before but um, not necessarily this one but my love for this this trilogy, well I say trilogy, there's more than three now but I don't like to think about the other, well (laughs) actually number number four's not too bad but number five I don't even want to bother seeing but my number four is Die Hard 2
0: nice now, okay.
1: absolutely love the first die hard um, you know I, I, I think I've said a link before just how much I love that film and you know is one that I can rewatch time and time again and absolutely love die hard 2 you know is I feel like it's the lesser of the remember uh, memorable die hard films because again die hard 1 absolutely brilliant die hard 3 where it teams up with Samuel L Jackson is just absolutely fantastic um, and yeah, I just think number two might just be lost in the mix a little bit, mm. um, or the or the less memorable one of the of you know of the franchise. But you know, number two it's it's pretty much again, they're all kind of centered around terrorist plots and stuff like that. But in this instance, it's at an airport as opposed to a skyscraper in this instance. But it is a case that there's um, you know, the same kind of structure as it is with the other Die Hard films. It's you know, John McLean played by Bruce Willis getting. Caught up in something that he wasn't supposed to get caught up. He just happened to be there, you know, be the man of the moment in that situation, and you know he's the uh, the uns- you know unlikely hero in this situation and taken it, take it upon himself to um, take down the terrorists himself. There's it, you know a lot of good great action sequences, and I think you know this is one of those um, again quintessential sort of '90s action films that are up there with you know the likes of. Conair and Air Force One, again, favourites of mine. Uh, for the, for those '90s action films, and that you know, this fits in nicely with it as well. And again, it's hot off the hills Die Hard as well, so it um, it comes with that name, um, you know, that, that name brand of great action as well. But yeah, like I said, it's not it's not the it's not the best of them all, but for you know, for the films I've seen in 1990, this is one of the ones that I I do enjoy just because I do enjoy those Die Hard films.
0: Yeah, I think I think this suffers from having something well for me at least something really memorable that makes it stand out other than it's just set at, i think it's set at christmas again isn't it um but it's just at an airport whereas you know three has got the whole you know it's completely different to one it's not set in one place it's traveling around new york in a cab uh four was kind of just the revival of the whole franchise really wasn't it And kind of kind of bringing it into a more modern um uh setting using like technology a bit more and stuff like that um i haven't seen what is it five five or six yeah, I so i haven't seen where they go with it but it kind of tails off but yeah this one gets lost because i don't think there's something that really stands out
1: no, visually a,
0: like a, like an action I'm, set piece or anything
1: and that's a really good point and i i re these at uh christmas because so I, I you know I, lo- I love the first one but um i bought uh, I bought the I bought the box set just just after Christmas because I wanted to watch it more and uh, they were like ridiculous amount of money to rent them on Amazon so I was like might as well just own them because I always yeah. like, you know like watching yeah. them so um, I bought them I rewatched them. There was a part in number two where there's there's a twist and I was like I completely forgot about that <laughs> like, you know, like, like there's just it's just not like I said it's not as memorable as the other ones and I think that you're right there's no there's no set pieces or anything that's like too memorable there's a lot of there's a lot that goes on there's a lot that happens but nothing that's oh yeah there's that one bit that like defines it from everything else. yeah exactly. is, there, there is one funny bit in it though where like when the terrorists want to demonstrate just how in control they are of the airport and how they can like fuck up people's plans and all the flights and you know whatever they mess around with the uh, the tower and obviously the signals out to other planes you know about you know where they are and they, you know making sure that they land safely. And they mess around with the sea levels, so it's you know the ground level. So the planes think that they are much higher than they oh, really yeah, are. So when they this. go to land, he's like, you know, they they mess around with the signals, so the planes think they are still miles in the sky, but actually they're you know close to the ground, and obviously it's snowing and there's uh, bad visibility, so they are guiding them in, and they play it over the tannoy for everybody to listen, and they can't do anything. They literally just have to listen to the terrorists. guide this plane into the ground which is pretty you know pretty horrific and it is you know just goes to show just how serious you guys are but it's a british airline called windsor windsor airline and obviously everybody (laughs) you know is overly british and you know the stewardesses are overly british and the pilots are overly british and uh (laughs) you know this is like seconds before they crash and there's one there's one passenger who's quite nervy and the stewardess is like, don't worry, we've made sure that we've made plenty of time to be able to get your next flight with no problem. And then it's like seconds later, they crash and explode. And it's like, it's like, that's horrible. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, you know, don't worry, you know, the, the one thing you shouldn't worry about is don't worry, you, you'll get your next flight. We've made sure this is like, yeah, it's all right, you're about to burst into flames in like five seconds anyway. And that. So it's just like that's pretty horrible that's like <laughs> those that last moments of that person's life they were just happy that okay i'm gonna make my connecting flight that's okay not anything else but um but yeah that's just like the only bit that i thought wow that's pretty pretty messed up and horrific. Was, uh, pretty horrific but at the same time just quite funny just being like let's get rid of this really overly british airline but there you go nice
0: yeah that's um yeah it's just a shame with that one it does get lost lost in the shuffle slightly um Right, so that is back to me for my number three. So, my number three is named after my favourite emotion, which is misery.
1: Uh, um, I thought I, I thought I was going to say I didn't realise there's a film called Horniness, but <laughs>
0: not yet. Um, misery. Um, have you seen Misery?
1: Uh, no, but I've seen it parodied in thousands of different TV shows. Damn.
0: Before. Okay, that's probably going to ruin your viewing of it now.
1: It's, um, it's James Kahn and... Um,
0: Kathy Bates.
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: It is brilliant. I didn't get the chance to watch this ahead of this, but I've seen this a few times, and sometimes when it's on telly, I'll, I'll go up my way to watch it. And I always seem to catch it. I, I mean, have you seen the sledgehammer scene?
1: Uh, it's just the bit where she breaks his leg, just so yeah. you, you can't... Yeah. I, yeah.
0: So... Well, probably go to the plot for those listening who probably don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, so it's a Stephen, famously a Stephen King uh, novel adapted into a film uh, which follows Paul Sheldon, who's a writer who crashes his car and is found by Annie Wilkes, played by Kathy Bates, um, who is basically uh, Paul Sheldon, played by James Caan, his biggest number one fan to the point of being slightly unstable. And uh, basically, I mean, I'm I'm going to spoil the territory, but this for me, this is quite a, a popular film that people should know. Um, gets to the point where she cripples him using a sledgehammer um, on his ankles so he can write the book uh, again. So basically kills off misery is one of the characters that, that Paul Sheldon writes about one of the main characters is killed off i think in one of the stories um doesn't she
1: read his transcript of that for the book and like
0: yeah while he's sort of knocked out and she's just not happy with where it's going and basically is forcing him to write the book in a certain way which she just can't accept how the the characters the the fake written characters um are sort of uh played out in the in that storyline so keeps him captive um and makes him write it in the way she wants him to write it um it's great it's a really good story um i haven't read the book but i've seen the film so many times and like i said when it's on telly i always seem to catch it when it is the sledgehammer bit um and it is quite hard to watch even now um how they do it and they cut it just after what looks like the ankle's just like broken uh is brutal it's one of the most brutal scenes i think in in a horror film um yeah, I'm a bit of a sucker for Stephen King adaptations as well. I, You know, there are some terrible ones. Um, and actually, there isn't the only one of this year either. Well, I'll come on to that in honorable mentions. Um, but yeah, Misery is great. Um, I really recommend it. I'm hoping if you do watch it, that the parodies haven't killed it, because it's one of those things, isn't it? We've probably watched so many. There's no doubt even a Simpsons reference, maybe.
1: Um, I know, I know. Family Guy uh, parried in it, but I know that's the thing. It's one of those things, and we talked about this at length before. There's so many films that Simpsons, for example, are parody, which is like when you finally watch the film, it's like, ah, uh, that's where this is from. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Uh, you it's can't, you Simpsons can't take it from.
0: serious because they've already parried it, parodied it, and um, it's not. You can't, you can't help but think of the no. funnier version which is a shame
1: yeah i mean it has killed planet the apes for me quite a bit but um, (laughs) but in a good way but but yeah yeah, i mean you know you say you know obviously um you know she goes she goes insane because she's not happy how these fake characters are being written and what their outcome is and wants them to rewrite them not gonna lie mate there's many a time where i'd happily kidnap Vince McMahon and break his ankles if he could rewrite you know how the how the outcome of certain matches and title runs and championship matches and Wrestlemania main events and all this kind of thing that you know rewrite them so I kind of understand where she's coming from Ah, well well, I I feel like
0: the fans that she's that that she is trying to be there seems to be more and more of these fans out there in the world Um, Oh mate, getting people cancelled. This is literally the origin of cancelled culture.
1: I was going to say fandom for anything these days is dangerous because everyone can just obsess and find out where people live and just do whatever on these message boards and Twitter and all this kind of thing. So yeah, fandom is extremely dangerous. That should be the
0: uh, the 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 modern day remake. Yeah, modern. Oh, that would be good. When Monday remake would just be a Monday remake of misery. But just call it cancel the origin of cancel what, culture.
1: Modern <laughs> day misery though would just be somebody tweeting a celebrity that they're obsessed with, and then just refreshing celebrities down the pan. Yeah, the misery of just watching them refresh the page and not seeing anything, any reply or likes or any return until. <laughs> <tour. laughs>
0: that would make for an interesting watch, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, right. So that was number my number three. So we've had your number three. So I guess that's my second pick now. So my second pick was one I did rewatch because I'd completely forgotten how I felt about the film. Um, I'd rated it relatively high before, but I actually rated it higher on a second watch. Um, and I don't know if you've seen this film, but this could be the one to go away and watch. Um, the film I've put at number two is Jacob's Ladder.
1: Oh, I saw this in the. I've seen this before, um, as in like in previous lists we've done. I'm sure there was something else, and this was one of the films that came up with possibly. Uh, um, it's also a wine, isn't it? <laughs> No, it's
0: it? that's Jacob's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> e blanker. <laughs> it's also a wine called Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> <Melt>. <laughs> um, no, Jacob's Ladder is brilliant. Oh, I watched it again. It stars Tim Robbins, is, is the main character. And it's before um, Shawshank. Um, and who else? Oh, Ving Rams is in this. He's probably known for, as Marcellus Wallace from Pop Fiction. Yeah. Um, he's also in this as a relatively small part actually jason alexander also makes appearance oh, as I love well, jason which is brilliant but the most shocking appearance that um i have a feeling is probably in your list somewhere is a very young appearance from macaulay culkin who plays um tim robinson's son in this film does
1: he play the ladder <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's just climbing a ladder he's just tripping people up with ladders um <laughs> Which was, yeah, I didn't remember that at all. Um, but yeah, the plot of Jacob's Ladder is uh, basically Tim Robbins is a Vietnam vet who comes home. It's it's basically kind of dealing with PTSD before it, PTSD was a thing. Um, it's played by hallucinations and flashbacks to while he was at Vietnam. And things just start to get weird and creepy. And there's loads of disturbing images um, I was going to say, is
1: this, is is it like a little bit horrorish?
0: I would say it's. I would say the phrase that's used with this a lot is psychological horror. So it's not like right, jump okay. scares. It's kind of messing yeah. around with your head a bit, and it's quite okay. messed up in parts. the The best way I could put this is, well, this kind of factor really, but this was a heavy inspiration on Silent Hill, the video game. So oh, I know Silent Hill wow, is okay. is is more is you know is definitely a horror. Um, yeah this is um
1: it's it's that disturbing imagery kind of idea
0: yeah exactly and kind of what they represent and stuff like that that's kind of what silent hill kind of got an inspiration from from this film and kind of ran with it and kind of took it to a next level in in the video games um but you can kind of that's probably a really good like comparison or companion piece to this film to kind of get you an idea of what it's like it's not like that the whole way through it is very much a gradual thing and comes to a um conclusion which i personally didn't expect but i've seen some reviews where they where they believe that the the ending was quite obvious but personally i didn't think it was i perhaps was caught up in it a bit more um and yeah it was a bit of a shock really Um, yeah i think it's another quite underrated film I think I did catch this at college. I think someone brought this in to kind of watch on our uh, one of the lunch breaks or whatever. To kind of um, we all had some time to share what films we'd watch and stuff like that that week. Um, I remember sort of coming in, sort of maybe just right at the start, and kind of sat through the whole thing. Um, Yeah, really underrated. Tim Robbins is really good performance central performance in this as well. It's one of those early 90s films uh or late 80s when it was filmed that there's so many people oh I know that person he's from that he's from that there's yeah, so many of that went, in there when
1: where they went on to be eventually.
0: Exactly. So no doubt you'd you'd pick them out as well but um mm, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say I know you're not a huge horror fan. I would say it's not sort of front and center of the film because you kind of it's kind of what it represents rather than some, you know, it's, it's hallucination, hallucination, sorry. Uh, and rather than anything sort of physically there, but there's yeah, a lot of, because Jacob's ladder is, as a term I kind of looked into this a bit is a kind of biblical religious term as well. There's a lot of that um, sim, symbolism throughout the film as well. So there's a lot you can kind of read into this. So there is an extra layer, which I perhaps didn't pick up on the first time around, but definitely did this time around. So, there is quite a lot you can kind of read into it, but yeah, really, really took me by surprise again how much I'd like this on a, a second viewing.
1: Hmm, okay, I'm adding it to the list.
0: So yeah, that was my second pick. So over so to I you. I feel
1: like I feel like number two and one here are going to be quite uh, controversial here, but we'll here mm. we go. So my number two, I reckon, is going to be your number one, and it's Ooh. Goodfellas.
0: Is my number one? Why is it not yours? Yeah. But okay, here we go. I know what your number one is, mad yeah.
1: man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I do love this film, don't you? I absolutely love Goodfellas, and I'm, I'm sure we've talked about this before as well. Goodfellas in length, um, before on something else or another topic, but I'm sure we've, talk, we've, talked, we've talked about Goodfellas before. But, um, one of the highlights of you know, very, it was very, very Few and far between highlights of last year was getting to see Goodfellas at the cinema because it was the 30th anniversary, so I got to see that at the cinema and it was absolutely brilliant seeing that on the big screen. Um, but you know, it's it does make me laugh a little bit because this is like for me, this is like peak Martin Scorsese. You know, when he, you know, he's already quite a few films in at this point, and this is where it's starting to really, you know, find his style and stuff like that. I think it's it's From then onwards, it starts to kind of. I don't know, he has peaks and troughs. Like after this, he Mm. made like uh, Gangs of New York, which was shit. I hated that. Then he made The Departed, which was great. And he made Shutter Island. And then he made the, you know, then he went down to making things like Hugo. And it's like, I don't know, I think this is where for me it was kind of like, obviously, you might disagree, but for me, I kind of feel like he peaked a little bit um
0: but Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna stay quiet until you've said what you said
1: (laughs) no fair enough um but you know and like you know his most recent stuff for example the irishman i tried to watch that the other day i couldn't get into it it just it bothered me so much how it was like he moans that you know he doesn't like these marvel films because they spend millions on cgi and it's like mate the amount of CGI that they've used in you know, in the entire MCU is nowhere near as much CGI they used to to try and make fucking De Niro and Joe Pesci not look 70. So, you know, get get off your soapbox, but there you go. But then I you know, this, you know, this, you know, this good fellas to, you know, to go back to the actual film itself, you know, the, the true story Harry uh, Henry Hill and, you know, his rise uh, in the, the 50s. And Did 80s. you nearly 80s. say
0: Harry Hill? <laughs> I nearly said Harry Hill. I'm sorry. I'm, I nearly what said Harry Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I want to see that now, the Harry Hill version. Uh, but, you know, Henry Hill and his, you know, his, his, Rising in, the, in the, the the gangster world during the 50s and uh, up to the 80s and that, um, and again it's what you know. We talked about this before. I think this is when we talked about um, what I said about Mean Streets. Oh sorry. Uh, um, is it Mean Streets? I can't think. of was No, I can't remember the film. It was now, but you know, this is this is the less than glamorous side of the the gangster life, where it's that whole kind of the rise and fall you know the best parts about you know the the lifestyle and making all the money and then it's the actual you know
0: i know what it was was it bronx tale
1: that's it that's it yes and how that was kind of you know the bit bit like this as well but you know that again the less glamorous side of it and how you know how it affects people and whatnot but you know great cars. you've got ray liotta joe pesci robert de niro joe pesci in this is just an absolute fucking psycho and he's absolutely brilliant and I Absolutely love him. You know, there's the infamous, and again, this has been parodied, and I'm sure it's been parodied by the Simpsons. Ooh. The whole, how oh, am I funny? You know, you know, like Yeah, you know, it's so is a, good. It is a genuine, like horrible thing of just like, who have I, you know, is he joking, is he not, like, and just winding people up and just you know, just his general demeanor throughout the uh, throughout the film is just that classic absolute Psycho that you know could turn at the drop of a hat, kind of thing, and you know, ultimately, well, um, he won the Oscar for this, didn't he? Joe Pesci, mm. um, and deservedly so because he, he is just an absolute fucking, you know, absolute maniac in this, um, but you know, we say about there is a there is so many gangster films, and I think it has been done to death at this point, but. You know, this film has so many memorable bits in it and so many bits you can call back to that it does pull it apart from everything else. Um, the soundtrack as well is absolutely fantastic in this as well. I think this is one of the kind of, um, you know, again, kind of few gangster films where it's got like a proper good soundtrack as opposed to just being that kind of yeah um, overture score the whole time. And that it's got an actual uh, soundtrack that, uh, evolves as time evolves obviously you know it's got the, the, yeah. the bebop, bebop stuff of the 50s and it like moves up to you know the 60s and 70s and 80s and obviously the music matches those periods as well um but yeah it's just it, it is a it, again it is one of those kind of quintessential gangster films where it just does it so right and it is just an absolutely brilliant film and it's um one, one of my favourite bits in this is when they pull off the, the massive um uh like the massive heist at the airport and it's the where they you know they, they steal a record amount of money coming in from international couriers and that and de niro says you know if we've got to lay low we've got to make sure you know the police are hot mm-hmm. on us we've got to make sure that we're not doing anything you know suspicious so you know don't don't spend the money and they have like a it's kind of like a christmas party or like they all meet up to, just before christmas for drinks and that at the club they always go to and uh, one of the guys comes in with a pink Cadillac, and he's like, "What the fuck is that?" And he's like, "It's okay. It's in my it's in my mother in law's name. Like the police aren't gonna know." He's like, "It doesn't fucking matter. If it's in your mom, your mother in law's name. You're driving it. The police are gonna wonder why you're driving. It. They'll look into it. They'll look into where the money came from." Like he's like, "No, no, no it's fine." Like it's, it, He's like, "I don't give a fuck." He's like, "Take that fucking thing and get it out of here now." <laughs> and like he's and then he's like, "If I see one more fucking person." Blowing their money, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip. And then, like, the next guy that comes in, his wife has got this like, like massive, lavish white fur coat, and his, his face, he just goes like, "Oh Bucks. fuck!" Like, like fuck's sake, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's just, it's, 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 it's a serious film, but it's such a funny moment because he's just like, he's just obviously, absolutely tore this guy apart of having a pink Cadillac, and this, you know, this guy's wife walks in with this absolutely like massive, yeah, lovely, lovely, expensive fur so coat. Funny. And, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, like it's, brilliant. it's brilliant.
0: It's so many good, so many good scenes in this.
1: But, uh, but yeah, that, 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 you know, I knew you were going to rip me apart from this, not being my number one, but.
0: <laughs> Mate, it's your list. Um, I, I have a feeling what your number one is, so I, I can kind of get it, but. You're wrong. This is number one. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
1: You're entitled to your opinion, mate. It's your list. It's whatever you say, but you are wrong.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, Goodfellas is, for me, is a pitch perfect film. Absolute masterpiece. Oh, There was a a phase when I was probably, what, 15, 16, where all I would watch would be these sorts of gangster films. Goodfellas, Casino, Bronx Tale, Carlito's Way, Scarface. I was just obsessed with that whole genre. But Goodfellas, just the more I watch it, the better it gets. I did manage to catch it at the cinema, not during lockdown. It would have been perhaps a couple of years ago in Milton Keynes' um, Odeon. And it's just so, so, so good. It was one of the first few DVDs I got. And the reason I remember that is I still, I know I don't think I've got it anymore. I think I've got it on Blu-ray, but it, it was a DVD. It was double-sided. It was double-sided. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. so I
1: had exactly the same one. I remember I get I bought it and I was like... What the fuck is this? It was yeah. like, to, it, where's I'm the sure rest of the it. film?
0: <laughs> that's it. I was like, in fact, uh, that's how I found out because I just put it in, watched it, and it was like, now flip the disc over. I was like, sorry?
1: That's it,
0: yeah. But it's Maddenous. kind of a thing of the past that I don't really get that at all.
1: No. Um, I don't think, the thing is, I don't I don't think I've ever had it with any other film, though. I, that's the only film, you know, I, I used to have hundreds yeah. and hundreds of DVDs, and that's the only film I think I ever had where it yeah. had that requirement to flip the disc.
0: I always remember it's. it's I think it's around the scene, you know, where um, he comes where home they... and he goes across the street and he beats the guy up with the butt of yeah, his well, gun. Got, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I'm sure it's around that bit. Um, but yeah, I always remember that. But yeah, <laughs> um, one of the greatest films is what got me into liking De Niro and Pesci, Liotta. Um, I think even Samuel Jackson has a very brief role in this yeah, as he's, well.
1: He's their, he's their driver that, uh, that That's it. costs them.
0: And just yeah, one of the scenes that always stands out for me is when they've got—I think it's um, Frank Vincent's character. You know, the whole shoe shoe shine box scene is brilliant Shit. as well, and that, that, so shine. Oh, mate, god, that is so tense. Oh my god, that's so tense. And they've got him in the trunk or in the boot. Um, oh yeah, just and yeah. Uh, they they pull over and uh, he's still alive. And they go over to have dinner at—I can't remember who it is to them. Um, but the the woman, she's old... mum. No, it's Scorsese's mum. Oh, in the film, in the in the in the film it is the old woman in real life is Scorsese's mum and they're talking yeah and they're talking about um, (laughs) the bit that cracks up he goes I love that painting it's got one dog facing that one way and the other dog faces the other way (laughs) (laughs) it's like Joey Pesci this serial killer madman is obsessed with a a painting two dogs Uh, facing different ways
1: and that's why I think it's so good is the fact you can do something as horrible as stab a guy to death and choke him in a restaurant and be like let's go get sent to eat at my mum's house she'll make us food don't worry
0: let's just go get sent to eat and then he they, they, they goes oh can i take this massive fuck off knife please And she's like why wow, yeah. oh there's a there's a deer i run a deer and i want to get its hoof and they're like arguing about is it called a hoof or what is it called oh, i just yeah, need to get yeah. it out and i was like yeah you definitely need that massive butcher's knife <laughs> yeah. to do that uh and then proceed to stab the guy to death in the boot um yeah it's I, uh, no doubt everyone listening has probably seen this and yeah it's 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 on a lot of you know, top 50 to 100 films ever made for good reason, because it just doesn't, it doesn't age. It's just uh, a great story. Like you said, it goes through those different generations. You see Ray Liotta's character uh, grow up into um, that kind of lifestyle um, as a kid and all the way up into being kind of a respected member of the of the group, Um yeah, It's a, it's a classic um, rags to riches um, um, sort of uh, what is it I'm trying to say um, Rise and Fall is what I'm trying to say because I don't yeah. know why I couldn't think of it but the classic Rise and Fall story of that you, you get to know like in Scarface as well that is quite a common yeah. trope in gangster films but it's done so well and so epic and also it's quite a long film but it absolutely flies by. There's just yeah, no room de- to sit down, really, it, which is brilliant. And it
1: deserves it deserves to be as well because such a good story behind it, and a lot of good, a, a lot of great moments that need to be captured in it as well. But um, I told you the story, didn't I? When I went to the Gangster Museum in New York the, the Henry Hill story, um, I went. The last time I went to New York in 2018. Uh, I went to the uh, the well, they call it the Gangster Museum, and it was like. Fucking dream come true. Like it was just like you'd absolutely lap it up. It was absolutely oh, yeah. brilliant. Only a small place, but it was a small place that was, it's in a former speakeasy that used to be owned by the mafia in the 1910 1920s. Right. So it's like a proper, you know, a proper old um, mob setting and stuff like that. They've turned it to a museum. Um, but it goes all the way from like the moonshiners all the way up to like the kind of what we know as a modern, you know, mafia mob, uh, you know, to today. Um, but they've got a suit in there on the wall that be- that belonged to Henry Hill, and oh, nice. the to- the tour guide was telling me telling us that like he used to just turn up randomly and be like, "Yeah, I'm Henry Hill. If you've got any questions, let us know." And, oh, that's bad. Like you know, he just he just couldn't keep it to himself, and they were saying that like. The U.S. government spent millions and millions and millions because he was in witness protection. But he used to get just get he used to get bored and just phone in like Howard Stern and be like, "Yeah, I'm living on such and such now. Like I'm Henry Hill. Like," then we get questions <clears throat> stuff like that. He just hated living in you know that witness protection, the isolation. Yeah. Like he loved he loved the attention. Um, and in the end, the U.S. government would fuck it. If you want to tell your story and you want to lose your, you know, lose your family, yeah. or, you know, please do what you want and stuff like that. So you know, I think he passed away a few years ago, but you know, he sold his story and he told his, you know, like the real life Goodfellas, some like that. Mm. But you know, he came up hiding. But yeah, he just he used to just apparently turn up to this museum from time to time, and be like, you're right, like yeah, I'm Henry Hill. That's my suit. <laughs> That's he's, and he's, uh, he's donated a couple of other things as well, but the only. One i remember is the suit but like if, like, yeah, if you have any questions let's know but i'll tell you anything like cool like
0: you might get shot now
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like how much do they spend trying to keep you a secret but uh but yeah and, it, and it's funny because when you look at him in real life he looks nothing like well,
0: <laughs> i can imagine so. i can imagine it's just zhuzhed up for the film um, oh good you get some nice looking bloke in to cover you yeah sure. um yeah, so yeah, that's my number one. Uh, it was always going to be my number one. It was everything else that was going to struggle uh, to fit in at some point. But yeah, that's my number one. So, but is that our misery then? What have you? Uh, what have you got in? Here's your number one.
1: So my number one, obviously keeping within the nineteen ninety, is the classic story: <laughs> three men and a little lady. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's not really.
0: It's Home
1: Alone. It's yeah, Home Alone. Of course, of course, it was. of course, course it's going to be Home Alone. And I know, I know, Good Goodfellas is brilliant, but I'm a, I'm an absolute sucker for nostalgia. And this, this for me is like an absolute pillar of nostalgia for me. You know, Christmas. It's it's one of those Christmas films you can literally watch any time of the year because of just how brilliant it is and just how kind of, um just how funny it is. It still, it still is funny to this day. You know. It's, it's, it's hilarious when you think of Joe Pesci being a good fellow as this fucking psycho murdering mobster who won an, won an Oscar and he's also, a, you know, he's one of the one half of the wet bandits.
0: In the same year as well. It's not like it's the next year, it's the no, same year. I know. Total Mad- opposite of the year. It's yeah, brilliant.
1: Madness. But, um, but you know, su- such is being an actor. But, you know, it, it is absolutely brilliant. And um, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it yet, but if you get a chance watch the films that made us on netflix
0: i've started so the season two's just come out right yeah um... it's such
1: a such a brilliant series when they proper you know they go into the you know the real life of how films are made and you know the, the struggles because this you know pretty much every film they've uh, you know um done the story on just nearly didn't get made because it just gets bundled in with everything else and you know whether people lose interest in it or whatever um but it's just you know just how much Detail they put into it, and that you know, all the uh, all the the love and attention they put into making, you know, bringing this film to life, and that it's um, it's funny because like the first ever scene that they ever shot was the bit when he uh, shoplifts the toothbrush. Oh right, that was like the first scene that they filmed, and it was like when they talk about how they filmed things in sequence and just Mm. how how weird it was that they because they had to. They filmed it all like in real life in Chicago and stuff like that. But they had to like play with, you know, because of when it was being filmed, they had to like see the different season and you know the, the how much lighting they had in the day and how quickly they had to set things up. But it's just weird how they filmed it. When you like you hear about the sequence in which they filmed it and then what it was finally, it's like that's weird. Like I don't, you know, I don't. <laughs> you know. But even like even like the house, like the inside of the house, was the inside of a gymnasium. Um, that oh, giant. Way that giant giant american house that they live in that you just think how the fuck are they affording yeah that more that mortgage and also a, f- a family trip to france and you know all this stuff like they must be you know his the dad must be an absolute drug dealer or millionaire <laughs> he must be he he must be friends of of henry hills of some matter and that yeah. but um, to, to afford all that but but yeah we talked about it before i'm pretty sure we've talked about home loan before you know in in some manner or such but um, but yeah I absolutely love this and it like I said it is just it is just one of those films where I can just go back any time and just watch it any time of the year and just absolutely you know still enjoy it and still just love the ridiculous stunts and the, the traps and yeah. everything set by uh, by the character and you know it's um, there's talks of it being no. uh, not not rebooted but there is gonna be a direct sequel made. just Um, just don't don't do it yeah well there you go everything gets a fucking sequel or reboot these days but there you go but um but yeah so that is my number one
0: so i remember why we talked about this because i talked about this about the better one which is hola malone 2
1: yeah okay Um, yeah
0: yeah um where for me i i prefer it because i the scene where he gets electrocuted it oh, is still yeah. makes me with absolutely laugh. With the skeleton, it just gets me every single time, and I am a child every single time I watch that. It's just absolutely brilliant. But yeah, I guess for you, Home Alone 1 does it for you more than 2 um, does for me. So fair deuce. Um, Sorted list. There's some good stuff in there. Um, we'll obviously go on to our recommendations next, because there's a few others I want to Uh, quickly just talk about, Um, but I'm going to throw to you then. I know only because you've got a smaller list um, to go through, but what else didn't quite make the list that you thought maybe worth chatting about briefly?
1: The only ones I had uh, were The Rescuers Down Under, brilliant. Um, which by the way, I don't think you can make today. Why is that? It's pretty, I don't know, it's pretty terrifying. Oh, I see, perspective like it's um yeah i remember i remember you know the, the fucking like lizard thing massive lizard thing that the the poacher used to have just used to scare the shit out of me as a kid but um but yeah that was pretty decent and then you had you, you said back to the future three um gremlins two
0: i've not seen to... I've, do you know what i have not seen the gremlins film
1: oh i i know you said that didn't you when we went to the prince charles and had it in the um yeah in one of the trailers and stuff i've never seen um, them it's i i love them i think they're brilliant again it's that kind of um 80s again it's quite it's quite funny so it's 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 not as scary as you think it is it is a black comedy you know kind of horror and stuff like that but it is i definitely watch it in that i always um, like
0: the animatronic style um Monsters, they do as well. I've always liked that of that decade and that era.
1: Yeah, and you'll love this as well. So, yeah, I'd I'd definitely check out the Gremlins films at some point. But this one's good because, like any good sequel, when it ends up in New York, i.e., Home Alone 2, (laughs) Die Hard 3, you know, any any film where they do a sequel and it ends up in New York, then you know it's going to be a good one of that. So, I'd, uh, yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, And the other one, I don't know if you ever saw this, but this is one of these films where I can't for the life of me remember how i watched it uh for the first time but as soon as i found out i could rent it it was one of those films that was in the rotation of films that i would get rented uh, you know from time to time problem child
0: i've never heard this film
1: <laughs> so <laughs> i think maybe my cousin recommended it or I don't is know it because you I
0: were a problem it. child
1: yeah, they showed me it to show me there in my ways, but I can't remember the life. It must have been on like TV during the summer holidays or Christmas. You know when they used to do like when they when there was Christmas holidays or summer holidays, there'd always hmm. be films on during the day for kids and stuff. I'm sure it must have been one of these, and I you know, loved it. But it's basically this kid who um, he goes from foster home to foster home to foster home. He's you know, as the title says, he's an absolute little shit, and he gets adopted by this family that uh, or this you know this this. Childless couple that want a kid but they can't, so they, they decide to adopt him, and just like his other families, he absolutely terrorizes them. But um, it's it's such a again, it's one of those films I don't know why I just loved it as a kid and like just you know absolutely mm. you know like I said, fell into the rotation of films that I would rent out from I think it was a library or Choices Video, whichever one it was. The mm. to get films from um, it's not got like a it's not got a very well known cast. Um, it's got some quite memorable people in it, um, but no, not like not, I don't think it is a, a very well-known, um, you know, film for what it is. But it's got like John Ritter, who um, you might you. It's one of John Ritter's one of those guys. If you know, you saw him you go, oh him, okay, uh,
0: um, that classic.
1: Yeah, and you got Michael Richards, who is Kramer from Seinfeld. Yeah, um, I think I think that's pretty much it for like memorable people. Um, Gilbert Godfrey's actually in it. Do you know who Gilbert Gottfried is?
0: I recognise the name.
1: He's the you know the parrot from Aladdin, the guy who sounds like this. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like the like the 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 guy who like head of the foster home that like pawns him off onto families and stuff, and he's like, he's a great kid. Oh, like, I, know I know
0: who it. this is. I'm looking at a picture of him. yeah, I know yeah.
1: this guy. so he's done like all different voices and stuff, but he's like the voice of the parrot in Aladdin. Um, that's the one that I can't remember him from but but yeah like I said not really an ensemble cast, not very memorable but it's one of those kids films that for some reason just absolutely clicked with me and uh, yeah that, that's uh, that's why it's in my honourable mentions.
0: Nice um, so I've got quite a few but I'm going to skim through them really quickly. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned this, I'm, maybe it's because you haven't seen it but Miller's Crossing Coen Brothers movie. No see
1: that's um, another one, no that's that's uh, I didn't want to listen too much to your Cohen Brothers episode because there's so many Coen films I still haven't watched and that was one of them where I was like I don't really want to know yeah too much about it and that's
0: fair I I won't say too much but yeah it's it's set during the 20s late 20s and it's that sort of Tommy Gunn kind of gangster uh, oh, okay. which I love um and yeah it, again was when I was going through my bloody gangster phase this was another one um it's it's still got a Cohen feel to it as well um spin on 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 the on the gangster genre um but yeah gabriel burns in there is the main character now but finney as well um really good rec- I i recommend you'd um you'd go see that i think that'd be up, okay. really up your street um a few quick ones um well two arnie films total recall uh solid sci-fi film um which is got some great one-liners in if only for Arnold Schwarzenegger to talk to himself or a version of himself, which is quite fun. Um, The other one, I'm guessing you haven't seen this and if you haven't mentioned it, but Kindergarten Cop.
1: No, see, that's the thing. It is. I think, I think I might have seen it, but not to the point where it's memorable enough to be like, oh yeah, yeah, it's stuck in my mind. I've seen Kindergarten Cop, but I think think, uh, it's one of those films where I feel like I've seen it only because it's been on TV so many just gonna times say. That, I, that I might have caught the end of it or most of it but not seen the whole thing of it but that's Like, Total, Re- fair. like Total Recall as well so there's a lot of times where we've done these flashback episodes where I've seen films on the list where it's like, I don't want to count it because I know I've probably seen most of it but not enough to be like yeah I remember that or mm. have seen it and stuff but like even Total Recall um, I've seen parts of it but not enough to be able to like oh yeah I know it or what happens at the end, whatever. Yeah. Um, you say about total record, the only thing that I can remember is a bird with the three tits, and the the guy is like filling them up and, she, and he's like, I wish I had a third hand or something like that. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to check this after. But Hank from the guy who plays Hank from Breaking Bad is in this as well. And he might he's be the in the, the same Cyclops. Yeah, I, I'm sure he's yeah. in the same scene as the three tittered woman. Yeah. Um
1: in like which... in like the bar and stuff. But exactly. that's the thing, I I don't remember it enough to be able to tick it and say, Yeah, no, I can come to yeah. say so I've seen that film and all, That's but... fair
0: enough. I think for the longest time I, I was like the same where it was, it's always I think it, I feel like it's always an itv two film, isn't it? theres it's always on yes. over the weekend yes. at some point. <laughs> yes, it is. And especially like especially
1: kindergarten cop, yeah. Yeah,
0: you'll flick it on and it's like like 45 minutes into the film and then you kind of watch it but have I there was a time where it's like I haven't actually watched this from start to finish but kindergarten cop is brilliant There's so many great one-liners and you've probably heard them from you oh, know yeah. you, remember, you remember soundboards from back in the day where oh, you yeah, play like yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger sound clips and stuff like majority of these will be those will be from this film um but yeah so two in my eyes two pretty good Arnie films um quick one which is the one i believe that won the oscar for this year is dancers with wolves which um i think i've only ever seen yeah i've only ever seen the one time and it was very early on when i was started to buy dvds i haven't revisited it because it's three fucking hours long so i don't know if it holds up but i remember enjoying it um i'm not overly a huge fan of kevin costner um but i remember thinking actually this is quite good um we talked about
1: the postman before
0: haven't we i've not seen the postman is that like right. a post-apocalyptic postman oh
1: mate <laughs> fuck me if you if you're not a fan of kevin costner watch that film because it'll make you even less of a fan than you are <laughs> already like it's just fucking yeah, I, atrocious It's like. always
0: been a weird one with me because i haven't really seen that much i controversial Water maybe World. but i i love Warworld. <laughs> yeah well, i really I like World World too, World. yeah yeah maybe i saw it quite young and kind of into it and didn't know who Dennis Hopper was at the time or even Kevin Costner but um, <laughs> loved it but yeah I, I, don't, I haven't really seen that much in, of Kevin Robin Costner's moved. films yeah I don't mind it I, don't, I I mean he's probably the weaker bits for me I love Alan Rickman yeah. in that and Morgan Freeman anyway yeah. Um, but yeah it's, yeah they're okay <laughs> um, three more and I'll go through these very quickly so <laughs> it's kind of this is in the category of um it's kind of funny good and it shouldn't be funny at all it's the craze (laughs) the Cray Uh, Twins film with Gary Kemp and Martin Kemp best known for being in Spandau Ballet
1: yeah (laughs) um
0: and they don't really particularly look intimidating in the slightest considering how you know uh well known the Cray Twins are uh, ever in the UK um but I remember watching it thinking it's kind of fun. It's kind of dumb. It's kind of funny in parts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's fine. Um, Blue Steel. So I only I watched this for the first time in prep for this because I've always kind of wanted to see it. It's a Catherine Bigelow film, which probably she's best known for. Hurt Locker, Hurt Locker Point yeah. Break, Detroit. Um, so this is following Jamie Lee Curtis, who's a rookie cop gets involved in an armed robbery that goes wrong and basically one of the witnesses at the armed robbery becomes obsessed with her and he gets kind of caught up in in her life and things escalate and that's quite vague but in case anyone wanted to watch it it's um yeah it's it's one i didn't really know too much about other than when i was looking through Catherine bigelow's films to see what else she'd done I thought, oh, I kind of like Jamie Lee Curtis as an actress. And this sounded relatively kind of an easy Sunday watch film. Um, yeah, it's not too bad. Blue Steel is pretty good. Um, and then my last one is a film that used to terrify me In uh, when you saw the VHS cover. I remember there was uh, down not far from where I lived in a place called Wigmore. There was a, a, a video shop way back when it was VHS called Video Videodrome and i used to go in and you know we'd get all the kids films and sega mega drive games to rent and stuff like that and you would see the cover for it and it used to absolutely terrify me Yeah. Um, so it's considered more of a tv movie but it's still a movie um i think this might have been one where it was another two-parter because it was wasn't quite a full length film. It was kind of split into two parts. No, it was. Parts. A, it, was
1: it, it was originally a TV film, wasn't it? Exactly. It was two, yeah. It, it was a two. It was a two part TV film.
0: Exactly, because yeah, it's coming up now. It's like 192 minutes, and it's definitely a clear split when they, yeah. you know, stop being kids and they they, t- they they do the adult storyline as well. But I just always remember the cover being terrifying. You have got that clown. Yeah, he's got, obviously got like like these really fingers. pointy nails and yeah. like in the corner. And It's horrible. But, um. Yeah, it's only in the list for that reason. On rewatch, it's not as scary um, as, like as it face. is now. Obviously, the remake I think is brilliant, um, especially the first part. The second part is quite long, uh, long winded. Um, in fact, I think the second film is probably as long as the, this whole film with both parts <laughs> in. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, purely for for being memorable, I've put in it in there as well. So, yeah, we've rattled through 1990. I don't think there's as strong a years as we've had So um, some of the other years we've talked about. I know when it was like 2009, it was like 100 films we'd seen between us or, or Well, <laughs> yeah, each I think yeah, we've both seen. Um, but, yeah, so we've got through those today. So before we go let's organize and let me check the next year we're going to cover so the next year is a bit more recent which is 2017 okay so i have a feeling this is a really really good year and it's gonna be quite tough from what i can think back Um, it's gonna be
1: as always i'm gonna go google it and go oh shit is this so yeah
0: but it's it's, I, it's it becomes that point where it's relatively fresh where there's going to be a uk list so my uk list of top tens of that year might be slightly different because they you know we're going by what let well i'm going by what letterbox tells me it was released but normally they're yeah. us release date so there's going to be a yes. kind of a a blurred line of it but hey that's just makes things easier to do it that way
1: i had a bit of a sort of sort of unrelated but related looking at still water earlier when i was uh, kind of making some notes I had a bit of a moment earlier when I kind of fucking time flashed before me as the realization what year it is because (laughs) obviously the girl in it, the daughter, was the little girl from um, Little Miss Sunshine. Yes. And it said that she won and she was nominated for an Oscar when she was 10 years old for that role. And I was like, hang on a second, that film came out in 2006, she's 25. That doesn't make sense. That being 10 years ago. And I was like, Oh shit, it's 2021, not 2016. Like it just I don't know why it just hit me of, like fuck, it's 2021. Like Yeah. That was f- 15 years ago that she was 10 years old and she was, like the Oscar and it just that you know that moment where you just like just feel the bones yeah. turn into
0: dust like just yeah.
1: <laughs> 2021 like, another tally another year god
0: <laughs> Fuck's sake it's, like, oh, weird. Fuck it's weird you mentioned that because when i was watching the film i still picture her as the girl from little Miss yeah. sunshine <laughs> well
1: i didn't re- i didn't realize and i've seen it recently as well and i couldn't even put Put. you know i didn't even click because i've rewatched it recently mm. she's the little girl in signs as well ah, um again and like that was 2002 and I just thought fuck me and then yeah like I said so that's what 19 years ago yeah, and I yeah it that. just it just it just hit me for a moment just like 20 2006 I was like oh shit it's 2021 that's 15 years ago and the penny dropped of like fuck me time is
0: just it's just flying by <laughs> <laughs> overrated it um, yeah. yeah so so next year we'll cover is 2017 so there'll be plenty to go away and our lists, and yes. I'll try and re-watch some ahead of time if I if, if I can. Um, I
1: think, I feel like this is one of these years when like we definitely went and saw, saw some uh, Oscar bait ones. So. Well, I
0: know there's a controversial one for sure. And it's a it's a Star Wars film.
1: Ahem. Oh fuck! Right, <laughs> okay, yeah. I just feel like yeah. Thanks for that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh...
0: That's gonna be fun, isn't it? Sure. But as my number one now.
1: We mate, we still need. I, I still think we need to do that as a, a special special episode one day. Well, maybe that maybe that'll be the, the 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 straw that breaks the camel's back, and we uh, we it lights the it lights the debate up enough that we. Have to put we might, have
0: to, we might have to yeah. just put a pin in it as we're <laughs> ranting and clawing at our laptops to at each other's face uh, because it could get that Google, heated.
1: We'll search at your address and go and beat the shit. I'll tell you me. what, I'll
0: tell you what, how about this? You've probably seen this more than me. I've only seen Last Jedi maybe once or twice. Let's definitely watch that again okay, ahead of that. Okay. And if we, yeah. if it goes into you know too much discussion, we'll have to have it as a edit it as a separate uh, thing. But yeah, let's do that as our homework then ahead of next one. I'll rewatch it.
1: I've like, actually enjoyed it. It's like, yeah, I've actually.
0: I've uh, got <laughs> a tattoo. I've got a tattoo of, it, like... a tattoo of Luke Skywalker throwing away the <laughs> lightsaber
1: on my back. Uh, it's like a flip tattoo when you fold my fucking flag, it turns into a, like
0: a flip. Clip comic tattoo (laughs) alright well that's good to let our homework then to do Um, but yeah so thanks again uh, for talking through that today it's been good to get one of these done again it's been a while Um, but yeah thanks again for doing that and we'll chat next time on 2017 looking
1: forward to it man thanks very much